Blog Talk Radio. It's time. All right, let's take a red book. Let's turn to number 97 in a red book. Let's stand together as we sing. Number 97, I'm bound for the promised land. Ticket punch a long time ago. 
and I'm going. Amen. Glory to God. I'm I, when he come, when he calls, I'm ready. Amen. It's good to be in God's house this morning. It sure is, and I and I'm thankful for all he's he's doing and all he's done. And I know we got prayer requests this morning, so let's go ahead and get to them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was just telling me about how bad she had shingles. And let's lift her up in prayer because that's miserable, miserable stuff. And he said he also gave her his bronchitis, too. So she's she got a double whammy and stuff. So pray she gets well and gets back with us soon. Anybody else? And pray Dan gets better and gets over his. So he's got, yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Remember, lift up Grant in prayer. Pray for, pray for. I want to. I don't. I want to just pray for Grant. What's your doctor's name? Doctor V. Doctor V. Well, let's pray for Doctor V. Doctor V. I don't know if he knows Jesus or not, but you know, I read in the Bible where Jesus used lost people all the time. God used lost people to do things all the time. So if he can work in the heart of Nebuchadnezzar, I believe he can work in the heart of Doctor V. So I'm, I'm praying that he'll he'll work with that doctor and and uh, and he'll give Grant what he needs and and do the work he needs in Grant and and gets Grant back to hell. Just one Just like it should, and that, and that God, and that God gives healing. That's what we want to see. We want to see God give him healing. Uh, so we're praying for him. Pray for Miss Bonnie this morning, and she gets to feeling better as well. Uh, y'all, please lift up my brother in prayer. Need lots of prayer, and pray for me as I deal with the issues I've got to deal with. Just pray God just gives some relief. That's what we need. Um, anybody else? Anything else? Uh, and yes, her dad. Please pray. Lift up her dad. He's He's not doing well. Um, all right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us today. Let's ask God to, to answer every one of these prayer requests. That's why we lift them up. We want God to answer. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated.
number 136. No, you just played 136. Number 135 is what I meant to say. 135, coming down. I was looking at the one you played, what it was. Number 135, coming down. Jesus had the table spread where the saints of God are set. He invites his chosen people, come and die. With his manna he does feed and supplies our every need. Oh, this sweet do stuff with Jesus all the time. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. The disciples came to land. Thus obey Christ's command, for the master called unto them, come and die. There they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfied the hungry every time. Come and die, the master called, come and die. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth thou, come and dine. Soon the Lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the hosts of heaven will assemble thee. Oh, it will be a glorious sight. All the saints is spotless white. And with Jesus they will feast eternally. Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. Amen. The Lord has so much for us. Amen. He just wants us to come and partake of. 215. 215, breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me until my heart is clean. Let sunshine fill its inmost part. With not a cloud between, breathe on me, breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, take thou my heart, cleanse every part, Holy Spirit, Breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, my stubborn will subdue, teach me in words of living flame, what Christ would have me do, breathe on me. Breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, take thou my heart. 
Salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought to me? I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought to me? Amen. That's a good question. That's a good question. I can't go along with Sunday school, doesn't it? Amen. Guess what? They're all going to roll together in a one neat patch this morning. With God's help, amen. Touch me again. 
to have its desired effect. Father, even in this room and even out over the airwaves, the hearts of those all around this world, Lord God, it's, it's in your hands. It's your word. It's your bread. I'm casting it upon the waters. Lord, we know it will not return void. So we give you glory. We give you praise. Help us, Lord, to understand the urgency of the hour. Lord God, give us the power. Give us the courage. Give us the understanding. And, and Lord, send us forth. And we pray now. We thank you. We praise you. We ask you to, to move in our midst now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Are we there yet? That's kind of what they were asking Jesus. Are we there yet? And I'll show you kind of how I came to that conclusion. <clears throat> but since Jesus has been resurrected, in John 21, we studied, we read the last chapter of John. That was one of our messages. But in that, since he was resurrected on that seashore that day, after they had hauled in that big catch of fish, Jesus set Peter down by the fire, and he had a discussion with him. Do you all remember what the discussion was about? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Lord, for crying out loud, you know I love you. You know all things. How do you not know that I love you? And he said, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs, Peter. What was it about? It was it was not about anything but the gospel message. He wanted him to go and preach the gospel and share the message of Christ's salvation and and and, and the the victory in Jesus that we are to to share in and proclaim to the world. That's what he wanted Peter to do. Then we look at the road to Emmaus when he was walking on that road to Emmaus. We didn't really cover that. But let's look at it this morning, Luke 24. Luke 24, 47, if you want to turn over, 27, 24, 27 in Luke. Uh, but I'll just read it real quick, one verse. It says, and beginning at Moses, he's walking with these two, two fellows down this road, going toward Emmaus, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he took them all the way back to the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. He started there. He began He's showing them all the, the types and the foreshadowings and the pictures and all of that, teaching them all through the prophets, all the things that were prophesied of Christ, all these things that, 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 he, that, that, was, that was promising his coming, all those things. And then we know that after that, he spent 40 days with his disciples. We read that. He spent 40 days, 40 days with Jesus. They had a 40-day seminar with Jesus. And I, and I thought to myself, well, sure was a long time for Jesus to have to talk to them fellas. But I realized they were kind of slow of hearing. They weren't the deepest thinkers in the world. They're just common men. So I, I feel like just like the rest of us, he just had to keep pounding into their head every day until he finally got it drove in there. But 40 days he spent with this, these men. What was he doing? The Bible says he was speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Luke 24, if you want to look back over there, if you had your finger there, I should have told you to hold it there, but verse 44 and 45. 
It talks about those 40 days just by hair. And he said unto them, verse 44, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Up to that point, they hadn't, they weren't scholars. They hadn't pieced all the pieces of the puzzle together. They, they, didn't, they didn't understand all those things. We're talking about the Lord, which they, which they had come up reading and, 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 and knowing. But God gave them a class on, hey, this is what the Old Testament said about me. He's just, he's giving them Bible knowledge so that when they go forth into all the world to preach the gospel, to every creature, they're to start where? Jerusalem. Where in Jerusalem? Jews. He's going. He's teaching them how to use the Old Testament to witness and use the Scripture, just the same as we do when we go out now with a completed Bible, which has the New Testament in it, and we go out into all the world and we proclaim that Christ is the Messiah. He came into the world. He died for sinners. He was buried. He rose from the grave just as the Bible said he would, and we can proclaim it and we can, we can show it and, and testify to it with proofs all through the Bible. Well, Jesus was teaching them to do the very same thing. So 30 days, he gave them a class about himself all through the Old Testament. Now, so for 40 days, they've been studying. For 40 days, they've been in a classroom. For 40 days, he's been teaching them about how to evangelize. The kingdom of God is built up one by one. Y'all with me? I know y'all had to have me for an hour before this. Stay with me. I promise you, you need this this morning. If I, if I was going to pick out one Sunday in particular in the Bible, but I want you to pay attention this morning. <clears throat> Again, he's been teaching them how to evangelize. To use the word of God to evangelize. Now, they get through all that 40 days. He tells them to wait 10 days. So they're waiting. Uh, he didn't say 10 days. He told them to wait. It was 10 days. But he told them, you need to wait. And so the Bible said and they were come together. So the waiting was over, and they came back together. And we know they're on the Mount of Olives. They got back together, and what's the first thing they said to him? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's what they said. It doesn't say it in the scripture, but what did he say? Lord, will thou at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Are we there yet? He told us all that stuff. I mean, I'm glad Jesus is patient. I'm glad he's a patient Lord. If, I, if that were me, I'd probably backhanded somebody. I spent 40 days teaching you that you're to go out and preach the gospel. I spent 40 days teaching you how to go out and preach the gospel, and all you will know is that we're at the end yet. We're not there yet. Because listen to what he says, what they ask him. Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? The kingdom will be restored to Israel when he sits on the throne. Okay, so we're talking about his second coming. That's what they're asking about. 
And what does he answer? He said, it's not for you to know. It is not your business. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. That that phrase there, the times or the seasons, refers to his second coming. It refers to him returning to restore the kingdom to Israel, to, to sit on the throne of David. It refers to that. It doesn't refer to anything before that. It refers to that. So he says, not for you to know. Those things which the Father has put in his own power. But here's what you do need to know. You shall receive power. You know, it's funny. There's the word power twice. Y'all remember the exousius and the dunamis? Exousius means what? Y'all remember? It's authority. Dunamis is like dynamite. Boom, it's power. So when he says, the Father hath put in his own power, that's the exousius. It's the Father's authority. The Father decides when that's going to take place. He said, but ye shall receive power. That means you'll receive dynamite. You're going to receive power that you will see, power that's tangible. You will experience this power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So I have, we got three things we're going to talk about this morning here in the next few moments. We're going to talk about first some things that are not for us, some things that are not for us. And then secondly, we're going to talk about some things that we are to receive, some things that we are to receive. And number and number three, we're going to talk about some things for us to be. You follow me? Stay with me this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to get this to you quickly, and we'll get out the door. You ready? Number one, let's consider some things that are not for us, not for us. Verses 6 and 7, then they, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. First of all, let me say something to you. It's not proper for you to know. It's not proper for you to know. You know why it's not proper for you to know? It's not your work. God did not call you to that. God, he said you shall be witnesses. He didn't say you shall be prophets. He didn't say that you're going to be great scholars of prophecy. He said that you're going to be witnesses. Now, let me just say something to you. If you had a shower drain that needed to be put in, you wouldn't send a veterinarian to do it. Right? Wrong man for the job. At the same time, if you had a basset hound that you needed to neuter, you wouldn't send a plumber. Amen? You send the right man for the job. There's no sense in sending the wrong man for the job. And you and I are not sent into the world to be prophets. We are sent in the world to be witnesses. Now, I'm not against studying prophecy. I'm not against prophecy at all. But I'll tell you, I don't spend a lot of time on prophecy because what's going to happen is going to happen whether I know about it ahead of time or not. But I do know what God wants me to do. Amen? So that, with that knowledge, I, I, I'm armed. Amen? I know what he wants me to do, and it's not to figure everything out. So listen, I said, number one, it's not proper for you. But number two, it's not proper for you, but it's not profitable for you to know. Ask yourself this question. How would you be any better off if you could make a map of all that was yet to come, and you knew every the time, the date, everything, and you could make a map 
and we could draw it out and put it on the wall and say, hey, this is, how, this is when and where and how everything's going to happen from now on till Jesus sits on the throne of David. How would we be any better off if we made that map? There have been a lot of people that's tried to do such as that. There are literally libraries full of books on prophecy. And there are graveyards full of prophets that failed. And if you could tell the future, just imagine if we could tell the future how prideful we've become. Lord, we'd write books, we'd go on TV shows. I mean, we'd be somebody if we could answer all those questions. We'd be swollen with pride. It's not profitable for us. God didn't call us to do that. It's not proper, it's not profitable, and it's not possible for you to know the times or the seasons. You can study it all you want to. You can pray about it as often as you please. But the times and the seasons are not committed to you and me. Our Lord, as a man, spoke of one great event which he did not know the time. Mark thirteen thirty two. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Jesus doesn't even know the hour. Only the Father. So it's not possible because I'm not God and you're not God. We can't know it, so there's no point in worrying about it. And he was telling them, there's no sense in you worrying about something you can't possibly know. Can I say to you this? It's not good for you to know. Not good for you to know the time of the seasons. That's what Jesus means when he says it's not for you to know. It's not good for you to know. Because if you knew, it would distract your attention from some awesome things that God gives you to think on. I mean, we got enough on our hands trying to dwell on the cross that we have to bear daily. We have enough on our hands considering the glory which is to come. We don't need to worry about every date and time that's going to occur. We just need to be focused on what God has shown us to focus on. There's something better than knowing the times of the seasons. You know what that is? Knowing that it's in the Father's hands. Knowing that he's got that under his control. And since he's got that under his control, it kind of goes along with Sunday school. It's not for us to worry about. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to fret. We can't see. We don't know, but that's okay. God's got it. The Father has put it in his own power. The events that are going to come to pass, they are going to come to pass in due time when they're supposed to come to pass and not until then. The future is 100% all in God's hands. It's not in ours. There's not a single prophecy that's written in the Word of God that's going to fail. None have so far and none will now and none will in the future. If God said it, you can rest assured it's going to happen, and it'll happen in God's timing, not ours. So I said there's some things that are not for us to know, but number two, let me say this. Secondly, there's some things for us to receive. Now, he told him it's not for you to know. But he said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The Lord said the eleven were to wait in Jerusalem till they had received power by the Holy Ghost coming upon them. 
Now, they had the Holy Ghost living in them. But they needed his power to be shown through them. And I'm going to tell you, that's what we want. We want the Holy Ghost power in our life. You may not even realize how much you need the Holy Ghost power in your life. But that's exactly what you need. We can talk about the Holy Ghost all we want to. We can talk about that power. But the honest truth is, we really don't even know how to describe the power of the Holy Ghost. It's mysterious. It's God literally at work. But I know this. When the Holy Ghost of God comes upon a man, he is bathed in the very essence of Christ. The Spirit of Christ is all over that person. The atmosphere around that person becomes alive with the power of God. If you've ever been in the presence of someone who is filled with the Spirit of God, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had the Spirit of God filling your life, you know what I'm talking about. Even if we can't verbalize it, write it down on a sheet of paper and say this is exactly what it was like, we know it's not something spooky, it's not something creepy or weird, but it is absolutely incredible when God has his hand on you and God is doing something with you in his power and his strength. It is absolutely incredible. Some people tend to think there's power in knowing the future, but Jesus said, it's not for you, child. It's not for you. That's not your business. But Christ gives you knowledge that is power. He said on Saturday morning, they say, knowledge is power. Well, some knowledge can be power, but I tell you something. The power, there is power that is better than all knowledge, and that's the power of the Holy Ghost of God. When the power of the Holy Ghost of God is stirring in your life, that's better than any worldly knowledge you could ever have. But God gives us knowledge of himself through the power of the Holy Ghost and through the Word of God. The Holy Ghost of God gave to some in the olden times miraculous power as they went forth. And they received the Spirit of God. They, had, they, had, they did miraculous uh, wonders and, and miracles and things with the power of the Holy Ghost on them. But he has the power to do miraculous things. It's not that God is in the miracle-working business necessarily in our world, and, and he doesn't have to be. The Bible tells us plainly that the Jews require signs, so a lot of these miracles were done so that they would believe. But the Bible says that the Greeks seek after wisdom. We want to know truth. We're not, we're not caught up in miracles and all kinds of signs. But don't think for one second God is unable to do miracles today. He's still able, and he still does. But if you don't, if you don't have miracle working power on you, that's okay. <laughs> Not many of us have, amen. I, I don't know too many people. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody who's had miracle work in power. But God still does. But I tell you what the Holy Ghost of God can do. He can give you mental power. Mental power, what do you mean by that? Well, the Holy Ghost doesn't educate us or culture us like men do. But there's an inner education. There's a higher culture, which he calls us to, which is much better than anything a man could ever teach you. He separates you apart to God. And that education that comes from the, from, from the, from the knowledge of God working inside of you and bringing to your remembered scriptures that you've read and guiding you and leading you through life, there's a, there's a knowledge that comes with that that's second to none. 
the power of the Spirit also, besides a miraculous or a mental power, he also imparts a moral power. He gives the men and women qualities that make them strong and influential amongst their fellow man. He gives he gives the believers fearless courage in the face of the worst that men can throw at them. I think about those who were thrown to the lions. They had to stand in the middle of that arena with all them Romans cheering for their deaths, and they stood facing lions, and they stood courageously. I think of the, the men and women who were led to the stake to be burned alive. I think of those who were carried out to be drowned. I think of those who were placed on the rack, those who were placed on the impaler, those who were placed in the Iron Maiden, those that were torn asunder, those that were were flayed alive and boiled in oil, all of those who went to their deaths for Christ. And the Holy Ghost of God gave them miraculous power. He gave them a fearless courage, a calm confidence that God was in charge no matter what man was doing. The Holy Ghost of God gives us an intense affection, the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us a burning zeal to say, no matter what this world does, no matter what men may say, I am going to continue to serve God. It doesn't matter what comes my way. The Holy Ghost of God imparts a deep patience to us to be able to endure trials that we didn't feel like we were able to endure. And he gives us a long-suffering perseverance to wait upon him, to wait upon God's moving in our life. Besides that, there's a more secret power that he imparts, a subtle power, spiritual power. In that power that he gives, in that spiritual power that he gives, not in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, a man is made a prince with God. Now you think about it. Now I'm not, not in the physical realm, but in, but in the spiritual I am a child of the king. Are you not? Well, that makes me a prince, doesn't it? Makes you a princess. Amen. We're children of the most high God. We have power with God. We have influence with God. We can go to God. And the Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of God and we receive the things that we ask for. That spiritual power, it teaches us prevail with God in prayer on behalf of men. But not only that, it also teaches us how to prevail with men for God. I can't do I can't I can't bring somebody to, to, to salvation. I can show somebody what the Bible says about salvation. I can tell them how he saved me, but I can't bring them to salvation. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Only he can bring them to the cross and cause them to believe upon the on Christ who died for their sins. I can't make anybody believe. All I can do is show them the salvation. But this spiritual power that he imparts is something we could never do. It makes us influential, my friends. But listen to me very differently from the way the world uses that word influential. 
There's a lot of influential men who are so because they have power, they have money, or they have looks or, or connections. But you and I, our influence comes from something within us, the Spirit of God, who's able to move upon men in ways that we never could. So I said there's, number one, there's some things that you're not to know. Secondly, I said there are some things that you are to receive. Well, let me give you the third point, which is very important. There's some things for us to be. Something for us to be. If you or I are a disciple of Christ, the Lord tells us we're not to look into the times and the seasons which the Father put in his own power. We're not to spend our time worrying about that. We're to receive the Spirit of God. And then there's something for us to be. You probably thought I was going to say there's something for us to do. But that's not what God told us. He didn't say there's got something for you to do. He said there's something for you to be. There is a great deal for us to do. Don't get me wrong. But the text says, you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses, not you shall act like witnesses. Not act like them. You are to be a witness. That means we got to open our mouth and talk about it. That means we have to share it. We have to tell somebody. We have to take an interest and say, hey, you look like somebody needs to hear what happened to me. There's lots of people out there that need to hear what happened to you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. That's what he says. Unto me. What does that mean? We're to be witnesses of what Christ has done. What has he done? Well, he saved my soul. He saved your soul. He redeemed us from hell. We're to be witnesses of what he's done. We're to be witnesses of what he's revealed. Uh, Make known to others the doctrine that he's taught us. What the apostles have taught. We're to share that. We're to let others know. We're not to tell them of any any other doctrine other than the Word of God and what we've been taught by the Lord. He's made that plain to us. You know, God, God didn't send us to be an original thinker and make up the gospel as we go along and change it to suit the person that we're talking to and make sure we don't hurt their feelings. No, that's not what we're told to do. We're told to be a witness, and a witness simply tells what they have seen and what they know to be true. We're to bear Christ's truth. And hear what I'm about to say. You miss the purpose of your life unless you perpetually witness and witness and witness and witness what you know to be true of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has taught you. Unless you are continually spending your life, and I'm not saying every moment, waking moment of your life, but if you don't throughout your life witness, you're wasting your life. Because that's what Jesus called you to be. I want to say to everybody here this morning that Jesus can remove despair from your life. He can remove anxiety from your life. He can remove depression from your life, grief and sadness. He can take away every distress you've got in your life, all your worry, all your fears, and he can transform your character. doesn't matter where you're starting at this morning. God can change your character. 
Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Well, you don't know where I come from, preacher. I couldn't ever talk to nobody. You're not that person anymore. Well, you don't know the reputation I had. I, I mean, everybody knows about me. Well, it don't make no difference. You're not that guy. You're not that woman anymore. Jesus can transform you. He can make a quiet, shy person into somebody who is boldly a witness for Christ. Christ can take you through temptation. He can sustain you. He can get you over the thing that brings you down. He can lift you up above it. He can give you his grace and his mercy, which is sufficient in the hour of temptation. There's a power about him to turn sorrow into joy. When Jesus is truly at the helm of your life, he'll steer you out of that sorrow. He'll steer you into joy. When everything else in this world is driving you to distress, Jesus knows the way out to peace and happiness. Don't stress about the future. Ain't no sense in stressing about the future. How close are we to the end? I don't know. You don't know. None of God's children know, and that's okay. Because it's in his power. Because regardless of whether we go by the grave or we're caught up, we're going. Amen? We're going. So until we go, be witnesses. Let's ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to give us God's own power to present God's own message to the ones he wants to be his own children. With God working with us, and the Bible says they went and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them tells me he'll be with you and with me. Let's go into all the world. Let's quit worrying about what time it is. Let's be witnesses. Let's share Christ with other people. Let's stand again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.